0: Check this podcast, and today I have got uh, Rebel Scum, Rebel Scum Han. I knew I was going to screw that up. I ran it through <laughs> my head like three times. And a, a, a fun thing about this, I, I should have kept all of the outtakes. Uh, uh, I used to do a whole lot of solo episodes, and it would take me four tries to get the intro right every single time. Like it, just me sitting in a room by myself <laughs> doing my own intro, and I would screw it up every time. Although with that being said, Mark Clare is infinitely worse. Like doing the video editing and stuff for the Lions of Liberty, he's terrible at anything solo. Like if he's left to his own devices, he will he he will screw it up 20 times and record the whole thing and then I get to just sit and watch it and laugh. That's wonderful. So so tell us a little bit about yourself and then we're going to get into some fun stuff tonight.
1: I think it's funny. I, I actually did start a solo podcast of a while back, like I don't know, a yearish or so ago, and um, I started it because of what we decided to talk on. Actually, is because of rabbit farming, and it wasn't like a rabbit farming podcast. It's just I had so many people asking me questions on it. I was like, I can't type all this out, so I'll just record myself answering all those questions about rabbit farming and put it up as an episode but then i I went to anchor.com and they're like you need to have a name and you need to have this and i'm like i i didn't expect to get this far (laughs) you know like i didn't plan on all this so i i did uh, like i don't know maybe like eight episodes by myself and i'm like i don't like doing this alone it's it's not a good time <laughs> so i started doing one with my friend neil um for those of you who follow me as at rebel scum Han or Han, however you, i don't even i don't even know what i want to call it to be honest it's a pun on my first name so i don't care um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, I do, uh, with my friend Neil or also at Nevmech. Um, we have a Liberty podcast that we've kind of been slacking on lately, just because we both have had a lot of life crap going on. Um, I will be starting another podcast in the relatively new future. I've had a lot of positive feedback, people asking me to dip into homeschooling. So I'll be doing that kind of crap later on, but today we're discussing rabbit farming because that's, Something I actually have a lot of experience in, but I haven't been able to do for a little while unfortunately, but I that doesn't mean I lost all the knowledge. It just means I lost the rabbits
0: <laughs> so and see that sort of stuff is so all right, I guess so then do you do the uh do you do the rabbit farming for meat or for like selling them like as pets
1: i I used to do both so when so backstory, what happened? Um, I was living with my mom when we first got started and my mom and I are both a little notorious for going, Ooh, baby animal, bring it home. And so That's long story enough. short, long story short, she was at a flea market. She found a, the tiniest little baby bunny for 10 bucks. All she had on her was 10 bucks. She brought it home and it it was so little, like, it was not ready to be weaned we i it's a miracle we were even able to keep it alive because nursing rabbits by bottle feeding is actually incredibly difficult and there's just not a formula out there that's as good as their mother's milk so but we did it we raised this like two week old baby bear eyes barely open rabbit into a full-grown rabbit and then of course we're like but what if we had more babies And I found an ad on Craigslist for a female rabbit that needed to be rehomed for free. And I told my mom, like, you know, nudge, nudge. And she immediately got the rabbit. And so we had them together for several months and nothing, no babies. We're like, what the hell? I thought you were rabbits. Like, I thought you breed like rabbits. And then all of a sudden, they were bunnies. They were babies. We're like, oh, shit, there's babies. And then a month later, there were more babies. And then a month later, there were more babies and we're like, oh shit, there it is. Like there, there's the, there's the phrase there. And my mom said, yeah. And my mom said, no wonder people in other countries raise them for meat. And then she was like, what if I did that too? You know, we, we, we both have very little impulse control in that regard. So (laughs) um, she looked into it. And she did all this research and she's like, okay, I want to start meat rabbit farming. Now you got to understand here. I grew up kosher. I stopped being kosher. Like when I was about 17, 18 years old, as did my mother, but I had never had rabbit eating rabbit never crossed my mind. So I was like, what the f-? you know, I'm like, what, what are, what are you? And, <laughs> but my, at the time husband, my, my now ex-husband, um, he was like, I really want to do this. So I'm like, Okay. I'll look into it. I will agree to it as long as we make sure we choose a breed where nothing goes to waste. I don't want to disrespect the animal. I want to use all the parts I can. Not long before that, I took up sewing. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can use the rabbit pelts. You know, I can learn how to make rabbit for keychains and all that. And so I picked out my breeds. And like, and I chose Rex. So in case people are wondering, ooh, what kind of breeds do you go with? Because that is one of the more popular questions. I chose Rex because they are an excellent universal breed. They do grow to be about eight and a half to about 14 pounds. And they're just a good meat to bone ratio. And their fur is really soft and plush. That is like a signature trait of Rex Rabbits. The downside for raising them as meat rabbits is that they're really friendly. They're really sweet and social. So I can make it a little harder to kill them. Not going to lie. <laughs> but you get the meat though and you get the pelts. So, you know, but so we did that and, um, we kind of just kept experimenting with different breeds to see what we would like. I really liked my Rex. Um, and I did sell them. I didn't sell them as meat. We we kept them as meat for ourselves. Because we had nine people and three dogs in the house at the time. So, which not everybody ate the meat, but most of us did. And um if I kind of had a personal stand where like, if they were really friendly, if they were extra social, extra loving, extra sweet... I would rehome them. I, 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 didn't have it in put them down. And then I did take on a breed that was specifically for pets. So it's Velveteen Lops. They're like one of the best pet breeds out there. They're not an official breed yet. They're actually part wrecks. So they're just kind of a mix match of a bunch of breeds to create this new breed. So yeah, I was one actually the only breeder of Velveteen Lops in Arizona for a while. And, um, like I had to go to New Mexico to get my rabbits. And, um, so I was selling those as pets and then I was selling wrecks and other meat mutts as they're called for either pets or meat, depending on what people wanted.
0: That's, that is, that is really cool. I, okay. So I grew up on a farm and have been hunting literally since I was big enough to carry my own gun. Uh, so I grew up eating rabbits, squirrel, deer, everything. <laughs> and, uh, my kids, since they were old enough to carry their own guns, they have also gone hunting and they like rabbit and squirrel and and deer and everything and so like we we don't have any big problem with eating whatever so that yeah,
2: is, that's uh, good though
0: yeah and and <laughs> we also so we raise chickens and we have a couple of goats um we We don't have meat goats there, the Nigerian dwarfs. <laughs> Which, for some reason, around here, are like super popular. So, like, we can we have a we have a good mix of different colors for the uh, for the male and the female. So mm-hmm. we should get some really pretty goats, and we'll probably sell them because. Uh, I have threatened to, uh, I've threatened to turn them into mutton because they've been (laughs) getting into my blackberries. And, uh, I, I have put a lot of effort into having a nice blackberry and raspberry (laughs) bush. And and they've, they've made that challenging. But, um, like we just, we just ate a chicken over the weekend because it, uh, it was getting unruly. And I was
1: going to say, was it an asshole? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah uh, that's. A,
1: I've been there, when you're just like you know what you're a little shit. You're going to the freezer.
0: That's usually the way it goes. The yeah, yep. the, the first one that we ever had. We we've been doing chickens for uh, four years now, and the first one that we ate, uh, it was a rooster, and he had been friendly for a while, and then he just decided he wanted to be a dickhead. And every day, <laughs> every day when I'd go out to feed him, he would try to peck me when I'd go to get the feeder out. And one day he picked me and it was just the wrong day. And I grabbed him, him. I grabbed him, snatched him up, broke his neck, set him off to the side. And then I finished feeding the chickens. Well, I didn't realize the kids were watching me out the window. And so, (laughs) so I come walking into the carport carrying this chicken. They're like, they're, they open the door. They're like, did you just kill that chicken? I was like, yeah. They're like, can we see? I was like, Okay. So my step <laughs> my stepdaughter comes running outside, and I had set the I had a little table in the carport at the time, and so I set it down on the table so they could come look at it. Well, as soon as she gets out the door, it jumps up like neck hanging over, broke, jumps down off the table and takes off running out of the carport. So then I gotta go chase this thing down and catch it, and she's like mortified because like its head was just. Oh hanging my up. god! So- yeah, so we've had some crazy crazy times with the chickens, uh, but. You know, I
1: used to help my brother raise his chickens. So, yeah, been there to quail. So, like, we basically, um he had a massive fenced-in area. That's where he kept a lot of his chickens. After I moved back in with them, um, he got into ducks. He got into Muscovy. Muscovy. We got into quail together. And so I was out there often helping him out. And every now and then he'd help with the rabbits a little bit. I actually had to help him cull his first well animal in general and oh my god like it was so he had a quail and it laid an egg but it prolapsed and it was like it lay like in the middle of the night so it was all dried and there was like no way like the egg was stuck there was no way saving this poor thing right and so my brother calls my mom like i don't know what to do we have been trying to save it and trying to remove the, i've looked up how to fix the prolapse vent but it's stuck and no matter how much i moisturize it it's not going to done <laughs> like he's like freaking out and my mom calls me she hangs up with him she calls me and goes you're gonna have to help your brother put this down and I'm like okay she's like you don't have to do the work he's got a man up he's gotta learn how to do it himself you need just just walk him through it like okay so I go out there and we used to use the rebar method so we would take a rebar and put it like on their neck back of their neck you know like between the their heads Kind of step down with your feet on the rebar and you grab the back of their feet and you just you know snap their necks real quick. So I told him that's what to do. I'm like, don't go too hard though. It's a little old quail. You don't need to do it too hard. But if that's the method I know, if you don't want to decapitate, then do that. He ripped the head right off. <laughs> like blood spraying, it's all on his face. He just turned around and just looked at me emotionless, just like <laughs> I just stood there. <laughs> I'm like. You earned a man card today, Sam. You did good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some adventures with poultry and whatnot. <laughs> God, the first rabbit, though, the first rabbit I helped put down, it was same day. So my mom and I went in together on um a Dargent. And this is like an, one of the more expensive breeds of rabbit. Like, you know, good bone to meat ratio, beautiful fur, blah, 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 blah. And so we went half and half on her. And we purchased for her to already have been bred. So, like, she gets to so us pregnant. She popped out, like, two babies. And they she wouldn't feed them. They died. And we're like, okay, second litter. She stressed out. I mean, she was an antisocial little thing, too. So, we're like, you know, we'll try again. So, she had another litter. And she immediately tried to kill them. I mean, she's, like, flipping the nest box, stomping them, like, really bad. And we spent, like, three weeks trying to nurse these babies to health because she refused to feed them. They didn't make it. So we're like, you know what? We'll try one more time, and we go out there. We try to grab her to breed her, and she's just napping. And we're like, you know what? Fuck you! <laughs> just you're done. And so that was the most saddest. That was like that was the kill that changed me. It was like, you know what? I I feel less bad now. Like I, I'm not I'm not looking at this like oh cute little bunny. I can't. No, fuck you. You're going in the
0: pot. <laughs> it, sometimes, <laughs> I, I, like I said, like. The, the rooster that I had to put down, like he had been, he had been fine. He would run up and he was friendly initially. And then he just started to turn. And the more he turned, the worse it got till it like finally got to the point that like I wasn't going to put up with it anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and it was really funny. Uh, because, you know, the chickens are pretty social. Like, uh, the ones we have now, they're really tight. Uh, one of them has a broken leg, and oh. another one was uh was extremely small, like very, very runty and, yeah and so when the one had the broke leg, we put her and the runt together in a cage to keep them separated that way they wouldn't get you know trampled by the other ones right and so so now we have them out in the yard, and those two just stick together all the time like they they are best of friends, and they do everything like everywhere they go in the yard, they go together, even though, you know, the one is, she's grown up and she's not a a run anymore. And the one with the broke leg can, she can get around decently. But she's, she's not racing across the yard, but she can get, she gets around fine, even though she still has the, and the deformed leg. Um, But like they stay together and they stick with the goats a lot. Like the two of them stay close to the goats all the time, which is really funny and then the other the other ones they all just run in a pack all through the yard and like they travel so they're very social animals so yeah. like with that rooster when when he got uh being unruly it was not just him pecking at me but he was causing a lot of uh stress for all of the other chickens in in the pen and after i killed him it was like night and day difference like all of the all of the other chickens were so much happier And they were more, uh, they were more active and more like talkative and uh, chatty, and like it was, it was a net gain by getting rid of the. Yeah, we had similar.
1: We had a similar experience. There was this one rooster. Um, He was used to be fine, didn't really have any problems. And I would go out to the chicken yard with my kids, who at the time were like two and three. And they would just go collect eggs. they go say hi to the chickens. My, my daughter by then learned how to pick them up and hold them properly. So she'd go catch one, you know, and all of a sudden this rooster would just, he would kind of, you know, sometimes he'd peck and I was like, why are you, why are you pecking? What are you doing? And then he would go after me and he would like kind of get a little, but he left the kids alone. So I was like, okay, he doesn't like me, I guess. No, one day I hear screaming and that rooster just went after my son by the back, like behind, knocked him face first in the ground, started pecking the back of his head. So I just took off my shoe and chucked it at that bastard. I went around chasing it, picking up everything, just chucking at it. And I went and I I got my kids out and I'm like, Sam, I beat the shit out of your chicken. And he's like, what do you do? And I told him, he's like, that's fine. (laughs) It's all good. And yeah, so then he he took the rooster and he separated him. He's like, I'm going to see if I can get him to calm down a little bit. And he spent like a month trying to, get this rooster to chill chill the fuck out and he just wouldn't do it and then it was like all right screw it why are we feeding you and i think that's the only rooster he didn't really raise them for meat he just kind of kept them for pets and eggs so he didn't like putting them down if it one died he'd pre it you know so yeah he's kind of a softy but say, we, um
0: we try to avoid having roosters we um but like even with uh even when you buy the pullets that are supposed to be all female every once in a while and you get one of these little fuckers in there and yep they're, <laughs> Same with they're, money. Kind, of, they're kind of handy to keep around uh because they will si- sort of be protective of the rest of the flock and like they'll, yeah. they all yeah they uh we had an we had a problem with owls a couple years ago somehow owls kept getting into the pen and like mm-hmm. we lost all but we lost all but one and i've still got her she's she's super friendly she lets she lets my daughter just walk up and pick her up. <laughs> like Aww. she just sits there, and uh, but we've had to we've had to put her back in the pen because she decided uh, she decided she wanted to just uproot everything in the garden this year. Like she went through and just started pulling stuff up out of the ground. So it's like, okay, you know, while we've got the garden going, you've got to go live in your pen. Like, we'll, yep. Once we get done with the garden and we've got everything uh, pulled out and tilled up, we'll I'll probably let her back out, but. For now, we've got the garden going. She's gotta stay put up and uh but she's super friendly. Like she she just happened to be the only one that survived the yeah. owl massacre, which was crazy because they
1: Fox were our problem. Yeah.
0: It and it was funny, we didn't have a problem with the owls until I had to kill one of the roosters or the the rooster. Like uh, mm. the rooster had started he started getting real aggressive and uh it was a similar deal. Like he was bullying all the, all the hens. And so I was like, okay, you got to go. So I killed him. And then after that, uh, like seriously, within a couple of weeks, that was when we started having problems with the owls. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. There is yeah, some benefit to, there is some benefit to having a, a rooster around, even if, uh, even if you're not trying to, to raise chickens and you know, if you're just, oh, going,
1: absolutely. Yeah, my uh my brother before I came back out there, because they started the chickens before I was there. Um, they had that issue with hawks one day mm-hmm. they went out there and yeah, there was just a massacre. They were just killed for sport. I mean, there there was there were very few survivors. And so uh they would try everything from like the reflective tape and you know, the the fake owl statues and all that crap, nothing was working. I mean, like I've I've witnessed them getting into the chicken coop and just like it, it was bad. So this is Hey, not this is the one thing I freaking work. It's going to sound absolutely absurd, but it worked. So I'm out there. Hawks are circling above. My brothers go out there and they're clapping and they're yelling. They're trying to make noise and scare it off. And it's not doing anything. So I'm like, all right. And I stand there. I release just this tyrannodon shriek, like just this massive, like from like from like the bottom of my soul to shriek. And that hawk, I kid you not, was like, Oh God. It like kind of like lost its bat, like it flipped out, flew off. Right. Next day it comes back with more hawks. And I'm like, Oh bitch, no. So I go out there and I do it again. And they all were like, Oh shit. Oh shit. They all flew away. It's been about six years (laughs) and there has never been a hawk problem again i did not it's like it's like like i put the fear of their god in them that day and they just took off like their hawk god i don't even know but yeah they
0: evolved they evolved from velociraptors so
1: right no they're like oh shit that's our ancestors and they just took off (laughs) but um yeah yeah um You mentioned the goat colors that's actually one of the reasons why i chose rex because rex had the biggest variety in colors as well so you know to me that was like hey more pelt variety for my for my bags and whatnot which oh my god processing your pelts in a desert is like the worst thing on earth. It's so horrible. It's so difficult. It dries. It's either going to rot in like a day, no matter what you put in there, or it's just going to dry out way too fast. You can only really do this in the winter where you have like an eight week span to get them all done. And then you're like stashing all your pelts in the freezer for like almost a whole year and you're just trying to pump out all these. Pe- it's not, it's not a good time.
0: <laughs> so how much. How much space do you need? And like, what kind of a, what kind of a setup did you use for keeping them? Like there was a guy that, that uh, raised rabbits where I'm from when I was a kid. And, but he just had like the, like the stand up hutches and mm-hmm. like kept them in that. Do you do something similar to that? And like, how much room do you, do you kind of need?
1: Uh, we kind of evolved over time. You know, um, we had some cages that were like, handmade specifically for like moms and babies so they had lots of room um we usually kept our girls in elevated cages on t posts to keep them safe from predators you know because out here i mean i live rural desert, so there's snakes there's lizards there's all the road there's rats there's all kinds of things i can get the babies so we would keep them elevated um we did have a colony area technically two we had one that was all female and we had um one well we put our males in with the chickens actually and normally people will say don't put the males together but i a little kind of humble brag i have a knack for raising really sweet friendly rabbits my males never fought like they just did not fight and i mean same with the girls they say never put all girls in your colony because they will actually fight each other. but they'll, they'll actually kick each other in the organs to make the other girls infertile so only their lines will continue. Never had that problem. Never had that. Like they were all just chill. They would just cuddle and like all was good. The only thing though, and you mentioned the sex, the sex change problem there going on. You think you have all girls and then you don't. I swear there a lot of breeders suspect that rabbits can change their gender if they are kept in an all other like same gender area. And I might have been victim of that. I don't know for sure. There's no science to back it up but um Jurassic Farm, have... yeah. no okay story time so this happened to me i bought I, I was in kingman at a rabbit show buying a rabbit from a very reputable breeder had her pedigreed had her checked definitely seemed to be a young girl right she was the sweetest damn thing i loved her and you know you, you always want to check you know they hate it but you got to check because sometimes people get it wrong but it, she's consistently seemed to be a female she started growing a lap. For those who don't know what that means, the girls will grow, like like a giant double chin, so they can grab fur and build a nest. She, males don't typically do that unless they're just a really obese. She had that, so I'm like, okay, girl. One day I got to my colony and there's babies everywhere, and I'm like, what the hell? Like there should not be babies. What's going on here? So I'm like thinking, okay, let me check the girls, you know, maybe I'll see some, like, blood on them or something, and I'm flipping them over and looking, and I flip this girl over, and I'm like, those are balls. Where did those come from? What the hell? (laughs) And, yeah, so I changed her name to Goldbloom that day, because Jurassic Park, and it seemed fitting, because she was a Rex. So, Rex, Dinosaur, Jurassic, you know, yeah. (laughs) Right? It was very perfect.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, okay, so this this legitimately interests me because, like I said, I got rabbits, or I've got uh, chickens, goats. I, I actually have a couple ferrets. I don't have breeding ferrets. They're just, unfortunately, I I really wish, but I don't think my wife would have allowed that. <laughs> uh, I've just got my, those are my babies, and the kids <laughs> say that I love them more than I do them. Or the, I love my ferrets more than I love my children, and they're not entirely wrong. The ferrets. <laughs> The ferrets are nicer and more fluffy. Yeah. They
1: got those cute little, little noses. Like
0: I I can bring them up here and they will just run and play and (laughs) they'll climb up my leg and get in my lap. If I bring the kids in here and do the same thing, they're just annoying and complaining. (laughs) Obviously there's a, you know, there's clearly a better choice here. So (laughs) I don't understand why the kids are so jealous, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, but, But we've also got Guinea pigs. We used to have a rabbit and, uh, we When we got the goat, the first goat, we decided to let the chickens and the goat and every like we fenced everything up and kind of got it all set up and we decided they're just all going to be free range. Like we've set up an area for them where they've got a place for their food. They've got a place that they can sleep and be out of the weather, like everything's set up. We're just going to let them all run loose in the yard and do their thing. And so we put the rabbit out there with them and Everything else was fine the rabbit disappeared immediately like i guess she got out from under the fence or something but we, yeah, we never saw her that. again. Uh,
1: I actually went oh go ahead go ahead
0: uh, i was like we've got a we've got a cat out there too and like mm. uh, she she never messes with the chickens or any of the other animals like and she she comes and goes as she pleases like she'll I'll see her escape out through the fence and then she'll be back in a couple of hours later like she know she knows where she's being fed she's not <laughs> straying too far uh which also means we now have some kittens which <laughs> of but, course but yeah we uh we had a rabbit and, and then she decided to to fly the coop on us so but
1: i've had a couple do that um i actually when we bought this house we had this one 14-pound Flemish Giant mixed girl named Charlotte, and she was my first female. She hated breeding, though, so I've only gotten like two litters out of her because she was just a strong, independent black girl who didn't need a man, I guess. And um, <laughs> she, when my ex's parents moved in, they left the back gate open, and she got out. And to this day, you can see her living 20 miles away in the middle of one of the most scenic areas of Tucson in the wild with a chunk of your ear missing. But she's happy, so that's what matters, I guess. It's been three years now, just about. <laughs> and she's living her best life, so good for her.
0: That's so uh, so do you, do you let them be somewhat free, like other than the, when you have babies or...
1: I tried to, I always try to give them that, that area. Some of them I had to be careful with, um, just because some, some actually did not like the colony. Like they just didn't like being out in the open. They didn't like all the other rabbits. And so they just weren't happy. The very first rabbit I told you about, his name was green bean. Um, he was an example of that. He hated living out. He liked, so he actually had his own big fancy, fancy hutch that he had all to himself until a lady came along and then he was wooing them and whatnot. But, you know, yeah, he had his own little area and he was the sweetest damn thing. He was so cute. And um, funny enough about him, actually, this is one of the reasons why I got to Velveteen Lops, the pet breed that I mentioned before. He turned out to be a plush lop, which is very similar. The difference is the type of lop they're bred with. He's a $350 rabbit that's mainly raised in Canada. Oh, wow. And my mom got him at a Mexican flea market for 10 bucks somehow. <laughs> like yeah right so um but yeah we did try to give them as much freedom as possible um some of them like i said they just didn't do well and it. we actually had one really sad case where um a breeder had a girl and she's like i just can't get her to breed she's really overweight and i can't give her the life she needs so she just gave her to us to see if we could so he's we stuck her in that colony this is early early on in our rabbit days. So we stuck her in there with like one other young girl and they got along instantly. They loved each other. Next day we go out there and the big girl's back is broken. And I can only assume it was because she was just so overweight. She got too excited. She just broke her back. So we had to put her down. And then we did an autopsy, found out she carried this freaking rare disease that caused infertility and obesity. So didn't, <laughs> yeah, rabbit, uh rabbit deformities are, not very uncommon. I mean, when you're pumping out so many babies, it's, you know, it seems like there's an issue, but in reality, they're pumping out between like five to 13. My my record is I think 14 babies at once. So when you're doing that once a month, literally like once every month, month and a half, because they can actually get pregnant while they're in labor, just so everybody knows. (laughs) Yeah. So imagine... Imagine how many babies, I mean, I tried not to breed them that often. I didn't like to breed them that often, but sometimes they got a little too daring and they'd go into, they'd dig into the males area and then, you know, they did what they wanted. So when you're just pumping out babies that often, you're going to occasionally have a deformity, you know? So we have, we've had our share of, I actually have a Cyclops newborn in my freezer (laughs) Yeah, I've had, I've had cyclops. I've heard hermaphrodite rabbits are not uncommon. I've never had one. I have had a couple with two penises though.
0: That's yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would want
1: two penises. <laughs> right. No, my ex walks up and he's like, all right. So here's his penis and here's his other penis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> so yeah, I've only had that twice, but yeah, that, that's a thing that happens. And Usually, you just want to put those down, you don't want to breed those into your lines. It's like, that's a very important part of rabbit breeding. Do not breed the bad genetics.
0: So, yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm sure I've that's always a had a any
1: breeding, but
0: I say I always had a problem with uh, like, because I've I, I deer hunted you know since I was a kid and guys won't want to shoot like the mangled ugly rack buck i'm like that's the one that that's you the need.
2: one you go for yeah like yeah. Call,
0: call that fucker out you right. bad bad racks breed more bad racks like you want to get rid of that sucker like and right. usually usually they're big because nobody wants to shoot them like i will absolutely take that like i i had uh the first buck i ever shot was it was the ugliest seven point you've ever seen. Like it had one that was just all mangled and nasty. And the other one was a uh, couple of times going the wrong direction. Like it was, it was hideous, but it was a, ma- it was a massive buck. I was like, okay. And you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this sucker. This is some good meat. And right. which, I, I mean, that's the way I've always been. I don't, I don't trophy hunt. I'm, I'm hunting for meat. Like we're gonna, we're gonna eat whatever we, whatever I kill. And, Absolutely. Uh, and And yeah. so that uh, i I have a buddy here who he actually does breed and raise meat goats uh I'm trying to remember what it is it's it's a like a bigger body breed uh mm-hmm. specifically for meat, and I wouldn't mind getting into that, but I just don't have the room for it, but like rabbits yeah. would be rabbits would be something that I could do um because we do have enough. What I worry about is I do have a nice garden and if I tried to let them roam free, they're, they're probably not going to stay in the caged area very well. They're, they're probably going to be like, uh, our pain in the ass chicken. Hey, hey, that oh, yeah. thinks they need to tear everything up. And so, so she gets to go live in the, live in her pen for a while. Uh, <laughs> I worry that would be the, that would be the problem. That, that was, that was a problem we had early on with the goats was, uh initially they stayed out of the garden but then once they figured out what was going on in the garden there was no keeping them out so we had to we had to move them and and fence everything off to to keep them away from from the garden because right i put a lot of time and effort into the garden i don't <laughs> want i don't want animals coming in and ruining it you know
1: yep it's very fair absolutely yeah, we had um this one girl that we used to just kind of she just got out one day and she enjoyed it so we we're like oh okay you can be here but she would absolutely go for the garden so my stepdad used to just pull out handfuls of whatever and give those to her and then she'd start leaving them alone but if you have a bunch of rabbits it's probably gonna be much harder to to manage as opposed to just one little girl you know
0: so what's a what's like a good herd size for for breeding rabbits.
1: Like, like how many do you want to start off with breeding or do you mean like right. the litter size to start? Okay. Most people start with a trio. Um, they will get, you know, one male, two females. I personally don't like to just stop at that. Sorry. I'm having like air on my stuffing here. Um, I I personally don't like to just kind of stop at that. I like to have like three girls, two males, just because rabbits are very unpredictable and they can have health issues that you'll never know about. And so if one's dead, then what? Now you got to buy another rabbit. And I mean, it's happened where sellers have accidentally sold me sick rabbits and they didn't know, you know, like everything seemed fine. I mean, they would send me photos, everything looked fine. And then there was just, you know, some kind of kidney disease or something going on. And they had, they had no way of knowing, you know, so it's not the breeders fault. It's they they just had no way. So yeah, that's my, but that's my personal preference. Everyone's completely different. Um, But I would say, yeah, at least, at least two girls and a male just for the basics. And in my situation, I started off with two males and one, f- and one female, but my mom had a female too. I only did that because the girl was selling the males as a couple. Cause they were brothers and they were attached. And what I didn't know is that they were infertile. <laughs> So I had two males and they're trying and trying and trying and nothing's happening. And yeah, she's like, Oh yeah, her dad actually, or her dad, their dad did have some, some fertility issues. I'm like, well, gee, thanks for telling me that. Like God, like you, I could have known that sooner. And, um, so later we got more males, you know, and then we had better times. Yeah. You just don't know what you're going to get. Unfortunately, I mean, people could tell it. Oh yeah, it's proven they've had babies, but sometimes they lie or. They just don't shoot that many. They just got lucky one day. You just never know. Hmm. Same with the females, you know? I mean, you can get a girl and she might only pop out like two babies at once. You know, some just are not as fertile. And then you're stuck with a girl popping two babies at once. Something happens. A baby dies. It's a run to get stepped on and suffocated. And then what? You know? So as far as I'm concerned, it's it's best to have a little extra just in case.
0: Diversify a bit.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So are there any other particular, like that That kind of gets me a good start for, uh, cause I, I don't think my wife would be a particularly hard sell on this. That's the whole reason we've got goats and chickens is because she, uh has low impulse control when it comes to cute, <laughs> cute animals. So well,
1: it's baby bunnies. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I will say another thing to consider, because a lot of sellers will do this. They'll be like, oh, yeah, these girls ma- produce like 12 babies per litter. That's not necessarily a good thing. Um, because with more babies, with more competition for the milk supply. And so you'll get... Pretty mediocre sized rabbits more often. In fact, oftentimes what I used to do, cause I used to have, a, I had, I had over a hundred at one point just cause my mom could bring them home too. But, uh, I, I would like kind of, I would try to sort of like breed my girls. I would like breed like two or three around the same time. That way, if something happened, if one had too many, if a mother died or something, I could take the babies and give them to another mother. A mothers actually Very happily will take care of other baby, of other babies from other litters. They don't, they don't care. So, um, I would, if I had like a girl who birthed like 10 babies, but then I had a girl who, who birthed like three, I would take some of those babies and give them to the other mother and just kind of even it out. And then they would just kind of grow a little bigger, a little healthier. Cause you want those babies to be fat little bastards. Like that's how you know if they're properly fed you're going to be mortified. You look at them and they look like these veiny little balloons that are going to explode. And you're like afraid of touching them. Cause they look like they're going to pop. That's how they should look. If they don't look like that, that's not a good thing. And they're less likely to look like that if there's a lot of milk competition. So yeah, if somebody tries to say like, Oh yeah, they make like 14 babies litter. That's, that's great. That's not great.
0: <laughs> yeah. That makes, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did, like I said, my record, I think was 14 and, um, only two of that litter died one was a tiny runt knew it wasn't gonna make it one was by surprise the others did really 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 well but um the mother was also a massive massive girl and it was just there wasn't as much of a struggle she was eating constantly able to produce milk but that she was like the exception honestly
0: that makes sense
1: yeah so, so is there
0: any I say is there anything else that you get asked regularly that you wanted to address that, like like I said that that kind of that kind of uh gives me my base for uh for what I was curious about especially with you know thinking about starting something like that uh I, I want to uh, something that I've been big on most of my life but especially here over the last couple of years is like and it's probably just because i was raised on a farm where we had goats, we had hogs, we had these big giant garden like we had a big giant garden at our house and my granddad had this big giant garden that he kept and we had just all kinds of food mm-hmm. that we raised and so you, like you never you never had to worry about if there was going to be food because we were going to raise the food and right it, you know, uh, you would go to the grocery store for the stuff that you wanted, but the stuff that you needed, you always had enough of. And um, so, so that's been something I've really tried to work into is expanding our garden, growing our own food, and and because I I do deer hunt, but you know it's a seasonal thing, and you only get so many, and, and uh you know, in the event that things get crazy. Uh, I need a more consistent supply of yep. meat, and and uh, finding finding outlets for being able to do that myself. Because like uh, my parents or and my my brother, like they'll they'll buy a a, gu- a uh, they'll buy a hog or they'll buy a cow and have it slaughtered and stuff. But you're still relying on somebody else for right. That. Like, uh, I I don't want to. I don't want to have to worry about if things get crazy. Uh, is somebody gonna be like, "Nope, I can't do that" because I got to keep this for me? Like, I want to have my own supply. So you know that talking to the buddy of mine that does goats, especially now that we've got a couple goats, and thinking about that kind of thing, and especially with with the setup we have, rabbits would be much more feasible because we don't quite have the room for more goats uh yeah the, the two we've got being miniature uh size that they have plenty of room but if i started adding like full-size meat goats I'd, i don't know where i'd put them like we right. they'd be, they'd be walled up on top of each other out there so uh, rabbits would be a a good solution to that and plus i love oh rabbits. yeah the rabbits delicious anyway so <laughs> yeah uh, is there anything else that i uh like questions and stuff that you you've gotten that you wanted to address specifically. I'm
1: trying to think because I covered, but a pain in the ass it is. I mean, I guess some people ask me like, "How does the butchering process go?" So if anybody's one like considering this, and you know, well, I'm kind of squeamish, I can't handle blood, blah blah blah. Okay. I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons that I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot is because I watched videos on how to process and cull these rabbits. And I was like completely blown away by how not messy it was. I was like, I was stunned. Like with a chicken, I mean, I'm sure you know, like with a chicken, you're plucking it, you're draining it. Like it, it's not a good time.
0: Don't, don't do all that. It's a lot. So let, let me tell you the trick to the chicken.
1: Okay cuz I don't have a lot of experience butchering chickens. I just have experience catching and raising and hatching okay, so them. So I'm going
0: to tell you the trick to the chicken and okay. anybody who's listening to this is getting the the chicken trick. Because so the reason you pluck and all that stuff is to preserve the skin. But the skin is number one it's like the least healthy part of the chicken and like for me I like the skin. Yeah, I like the skin <laughs> you know especially if it's fried but Oh got usually, it. usually whenever we uh whenever we cook one, we either do it in the smoker, we'll broil it, like we I'm never frying these things, and yeah. so the skin is, for one, the skin is the least healthy part, and it's the most annoying part when you're trying to dress a chicken, so what you do is, you get the, at the rib cage you get right at the bottom of the rib cage and you run a knife just straight up that rib cage peel that skin off, takes all the feathers and everything, all the meat is preserved, you don't have to deal with that shit it well shit. Makes it infinitely easier. Um <laughs> uh, granted, like I said, like you don't keep the skin, but yeah.
1: Uh, You're keeping your time, your right. sanity.
0: It's it's a lot easier to, to Yeah, rabbits are the
1: same way. Rabbits are the same way. Like I watched this video, this one guy, and he's like just talking and just ripping like it took like three minutes per rabbit for him to like kill skin gut done. I mean, it was amazing. And I'm and I'm watching him like there's no blood like it's not that bad i was really blown away now what we used to do though we used to have a what we called our culling station and we would like slit their throats and let and the blood just dumps it's like three seconds and it's done we would collect it all in a bucket water it down and then use it for our plants and the difference between the plants i got the rabbit blood water and plants that didn't was just phenomenal So, yeah, people ask me about that. It's really not that messy. It's really not that bad. It's going to take you maybe 20 minutes or so for your first time. But when you get your groove going, it's really not that bad. And I guess the other question people often ask me is, how do I cook it? And, you know, because they get, you know, they hear like, you know, if you eat nothing but rabbit, you're going to starve yourself of other nutrients because it's like, it's like sheer protein. It's nothing but protein. And so you can actually get sick off of eating nothing but rabbit. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, balance your diet out, but people ask too, how do you cook it? Because it has so little fat, it dries out. My personal method, a lot of breeders will tell you slather it in bacon and fry it, slather and bake it, slow cook it. They say low and slow. I'm not going to lie. I don't find that to be a very reliable method. I think people just go ill bake bacon and they roll with that, to be honest, because it's really not that it's not even the bacon. It's just the grease. They're just slapping the grease on there and then they're cooking it and it's not doing anybody any favors. My method, and this never fails, slather that bitch in olive oil. I find, For whatever reason, that seems to contain the moisture a lot better than bacon grease does. And I don't slow cook it. I turn it on high in a crock pot. And by the time I'm done, it's just falling off the bone. It's just moisture and amazing
0: so that's the way i'll usually whenever i do rabbit is i'll I'll skin it and gut it and usually i like i won't even cut them up i'll just leave it whole and Mm -hmm. uh i'll cut an onion in half and stick it up in the rib cage put it in the crock pot with a little bit of just a little bit of barbecue sauce and some Mm -hmm. uh, lemon juice and yeah and just put it on high and let it go for a little bit until it's nice and tender and it's delicious and yeah yeah
1: that's my, that's my never fail method. I don't know. Everyone says low and slow bacon grease. I'm like, that, I, I, it comes out okay, but there's all these dry bits. You stick it in. You put a little, um, chick, something like that in there, you know, to just give it some steam. You put lots of oil olive oil on it. You put whatever seasonings you want on it and you high cook it for like, I mean, I I don't really, I, two to three hours. I usually would go back and check. I'd take a fork, kind of poke at it and see what's going on, you know, but I, I swear that's My never fail method.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on a horror story of a. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) the best way to end it.
0: Since we're talking about uh, the actual slaughtering and skinning and stuff, uh, I took a AP biology class in high school, and we were we were going to dissect cats. And (laughs) so the teacher was explaining all these. The way that you would like skin the cat and how you had to like peel the, peel the spots up and take the skin off and stuff. And I said, I said, it's basically built like a r- squirrel. I said, you just pull the tail up. You cut it right around the base of the tail, come around to the belly. I said, you just pull the top off like a jacket and you pull the bottom off like pants. And she looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, watch. I hadn't thing skinned in like four minutes. <laughs> and everybody else in the class is just sitting there staring at me like I'm some sort of a like, serial killer or something. I was like, well, I mean,
1: honestly, what's more psychotic? Knowing this kid knows how to hunt a squirrel, knowing people eat squirrels, or going, hey, kids, we're going to skin cats today. Because that's totally something we do in our normal everyday life. <laughs> like, oh like, god oh, here's just a shitload of dead cats kids like here you go go to town because you're gonna need this someday oh my like, god oh, uh, am i wrong
0: here <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was ap biology it was, it was god, weird a cat?
1: i don't know that's so weird like okay we actually had to dissect frogs in first grade <laughs> of all times in first fucking grade they were at, they were like Taking our hands, little scalpels, and like carefully make a little rectangle flap. And I'm just like, I'm six. What are you doing to me, right? <laughs> like, I wasn't really that disturbed by the cons. Okay, I wasn't grossed out by the innards. I wasn't bothered by that. Because I I mean I didn't hunt growing up, but I had a family of hunt, you know, hunters, you know, like like everyone in my family hunted. Like, so it wasn't that weird to me. It was more like, just like, I'm six why are we doing this i'm six years old you
0: know so so we we actually uh a buddy of mine in the class and i actually took the uh the psychopath level to a a different degree with our our uh cat dissection he brought in a hacksaw and we capped. i'll get the job done yeah we brought he brought in a hacksaw and we capped the skull and took the brain out and then just walked around the Walked around the school and showed it to all of our teachers and stuff, and so I like, we, we had way too much fun with this cat dissection. Like it's it's supposed to be a learning experience, not a uh, not a good not a good time. But we, right. we definitely had fun with it.
1: No, yeah, I get a lot of looks because I I mean, hell, I just had to catch a freaking pack rat last night, and I'm on the phone with my friend. I'm like, yeah, I caught it because it was my first rodent I've ever had in my damn house, and I caught it last night. And I'm like, yeah, I went out and buried it this morning. He's like, I thought that was kind of cute. You're going to bury it until I realized it's going to be because you're going to dig it up like two months from now and do some shit with his bones. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to let it go to waste. (laughs) It's art. It's a gift. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining me. This has been entertaining, if nothing else, and hopefully some other people will (laughs) actually hear this and start thinking, yeah, I should definitely be trying to raise my own meat as well. You should. Well, go ahead and plug anything you got, and then we'll get out of here.
1: All right. So yeah, like you said, you know, rebel scum hand, yeah, a lot of you guys, you know, probably, probably follow me, but no, if not, that's cool. You don't have to, I'm not your dad, but um, yeah, just follow me if you want to see a bunch of shit posts, but also some based shit every now and then. Um, I do have my own podcast. Like I said, it's called red letter, yellow letter. I don't know why I neglected to say that before, but that's what it's called. <laughs> um, Some of you also know me as the cryptid bartender and um yeah um, some of you also know me now as sprouts of freedom which is my upcoming homeschooling blog podcast etc so i do way too much shit in my spare time not gonna lie but um and yeah a lot of you also know me as the dick lamp lady that sells resin dick lamps and bone art and other things on etsy so i'm sorry you just you invited a hot mess over your show um so yeah i think that's everything i have to plug you think (laughs)
0: Awesome! Well, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me. This has been a blast, and uh, we should definitely do this again because the homeschooling Absolutely. thing is also something that I would love to look more into. It's uh, it's one of those things that we are not currently in a position that we are able to do it, but it's I really want to get there soon. What like, state do you live in, in,
1: if I may uh, ask? Indiana. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say I don't know the some states. I know the homeschool laws and shit too. Others I just don't. But it, um,
0: it's it's more of a. Uh, it's a situation with the other parent, uh, a different parent involved. That
2: uh, gotcha. Yep. It's I get not that. some.
0: If it was just up to us, we would already be doing it. But uh, right, there right, are other other it. choices that have to be made and uh, opinions taken into consideration. So, yep, but no, yeah, we we definitely need to get back together and talk about that sometime in the future. So, absolutely. Uh, thank you.
1: thank absolutely. you very
0: much for coming on, and I look forward to doing this again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too.